Hi, and welcome back to another episode of GBF. This is your host, Rob. And I'm your host, Geraldine. <sighs> wow. There are tears in his eyes. Honestly, like five seconds ago, before I hit record, I was going through my screenshots of when reading this book on my phone of all the passages that I wanted to talk about. And I was like, I actually can't. Like, I physically cannot. So we've decided that we're actually not reviewing this. <laughs> and this so, is the end of the episode. Uh, Song of Achilles. <laughs> wow. Thanks, guys. Thanks. Um, there we go. The Song of Achilles by Madeline Miller. It felt like a, this was a long time coming. I think if you Google, like, um, modern gay stories that have been popular in the 2010s, it's like, I can't believe we hadn't read this by now. Um, I feel like it had been painted to me as this, like, really big dramatic read that would, like, take a long time to read or, like, not very fun or something, but, um, I have to say that I'm really glad this is the first book we're starting off the year with because I just, like, loved it so much. That's perfect. (laughs) I did. I will say I'm very happy that you liked it because I think this book has a really good tonal quality that I really love in reading other books. So knowing that you like this book, even though it's a little harder, like you you don't have as much context for, Mm -hmm. it's more historical. I mean, Robert, (laughs) Robert was on FaceTime with me at some point and he was like, I didn't realize that this book was so historical. I was like, what? (laughs) Okay, I didn't know anything about these characters and... At all? No. I've never heard of Patroclus. Ever. Patroclus? It's Patroclus. Clus. Cleese? I mean, first of all, it was written in, like, the Greek alphabet, like, 5,000 years ago. So really, like, how are we even supposed to know what his name was anyway? Think about it. Is he real? This is why I love this book. Because I don't like history, ever. And I didn't think that something that's necessarily historical fiction would grab, would like be able to grasp me like this book but this book isn't historical fiction because it plays on i mean it's greek mythology so okay more specifically it's the iliad by homer now homer's <laughs> iliad takes from greek mythology and you would not have ever caught me reading anything by homer oh, so i heard that simpson <laughs> <laughs> and that's no shade i just didn't think that going into this i would love these characters as much as i did because After graduating from high school, I'm like, when the hell am I ever going to read a book about Greek mythology and hubris and honor and all of these themes and actually feel attached to the characters? Oh, okay, it's when they're gay. And one of them is like a golden boy trope, which I think is the first thing that we should address. Is that they got (laughs) me. We all know I'm a fan of Godare Stan. We all know I'm obsessed with Red, White, and Royal Blue. And we all know that any, basically, like even the fucking plot lines going on on Euphoria right now, but like the abusive psycho dad who has like a scary past of being gay like that made me cry even though i shouldn't feel bad for him because anytime gay men are on the tv or in a book and they're in love and they're sad because they cannot be together for whatever reason it just destroys me especially when something that this book does so well is exemplify if not basically lay the foundation for oh my god this like the original golden boy trope like we have the main character I'll say Patrocles, who basically is a character in the Iliad by Homer, Mm -hmm. who um, has been depicted as the best companion of the warrior Achilles, who, again, I only know the Achilles heel. I didn't even know Achilles the warrior. 
And Sad. I, yeah, I, I mean, I read Greek mythology in school, but beyond that, I never thought I would circle back and enjoy it like this or ever care about it again. But now, like, I'm fully fledged, like, invested. Like, this book made me feel like, oh my god, shit, like, I want to not read the Iliad, but... Oh, I want to read the Iliad. Okay, well, you should. Isn't it, like, how many pages? Like, thousand? I don't know. Actually, can I just stop right here? Yeah. And say, so I originally read this book in 2017, and I did write a review for it. The review says... Some good stuff! Exclamation point! Exclamation point! Exclamation point! Makes me run. Makes me want to read the Iliad! Exclamation point! Exclamation point! Five stars. That's it. And that's how you know I really liked it because back then I wasn't writing reviews and like a one sentence review was like a golden star. Well, you know what? I want to go back then. Yeah. What do you think from the? Because the fact that you read it five years ago, why do you think you liked it so much? What about your first impression of reading this book? stuck with you to like to give it that review like what is it for you i think it hits all the like i said i think more than anything the tonal quality to it and the writing itself is writing that i'm attracted to Mm -hmm. so like if you were to look at all of my favorite books you could pretty much like know who i am (laughs) just in terms of like how it's written and how a story is being told what would you compare to this book in terms of writing style Um, Like how you just said. Has a lot of comparisons. Um, It's definitely like a sort of hmm, more mature, but like I said, like you hate history. Mm -hmm. I love history. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So like I spent all of middle school reading basically only historical fiction classics and ghost stories and usually the ghost stories obviously had to do with history too so um like anything that was like that felt a little more like aged (laughs) i would compare it to maybe like the secret history something i don't know it's hard to explain because there's so many like it's just it's just obvious to me when i'm reading it but hard to explain to other people I feel like this book is written, it's written in first person, but something about it felt like third person, which I don't, no, know if that, I don't know if that makes it sound stupid, but I mean it in the sense that like, we didn't dive too deep into the folds of like Patrocles' brain. He was very much just like, let me tell you the tale of Achilles. Mm-hmm. Like, that's why it's called The Song oh, of Achilles. Oh, that's what I was going to say. It also sort of reminds me of The Book Thief because of that, because mm. The Book Thief is told from, obviously everyone knows at this point, but the, <laughs> book, thief, <laughs> the, the book Thief is told from the point of view of the Grim Reaper and not the actual main character. So it's oh, like yeah. a otherworldly, godly, sort of omnipotent mm-hmm. feeling to it. And I think, yes, this book definitely carries through with that. Yeah, I feel like Patrick Cleese, it's almost like he's living outside his own story. Mm-hmm. Like he's telling you things kind of pragmatically like as they go along but it's mixed in with like emotion Mm -hmm. and I have to say that the number one thing that this book gets right is that ancient Greece was so gay like so gay like I feel like making a gay (laughs) like it's true like when you think about the stereotypes or the stories of like Greek men and the togas and like the fucking and like all the secrets and like the idea that love and sexuality and sex was also not like free but like having sex with a guy at this time it was fine as long as like you were married to them well let's put it this way what this book really reinforced me was that women are nothing women have no agency and (laughs) (laughs) what this book made me realize is i am a misogynist (laughs) um because it's shocking to live in this 
world and that this culture of time where women are literally just marriage tokens. So mm-hmm. homosexuality is seen as like an activity that is low-key accepted because it's like, well, every man's goal in life is to bed a woman, is to have a son, is to get someone pregnant, is mm-hmm. to create a relationship with the woman. But if you want to like fuck a guy and you want to like be, you, you literally can. Like it's almost like a different type of homophobia where it's like, oh, of course you could never marry them. Uh, Because that doesn't make any sense because marriage is literally just to have kids so you can have a son Mm -hmm. or so you can have a daughter so you can fucking sacrifice her to the gods or marry her off. So it's crazy to think about, but it, this story touches on the best of like troubled gay relationships because the reason I think I love reading about gay people so much compared to straight people is because there's something about a homosexual relationship that that taboo in itself creates a conflict that, like, you'll never get from a straight relationship. Like, it's not just because they can't be together because maybe, you know, Achilles is destined and has a destiny to follow something through. It's just the fact that, like, they're gay. Like, their sort of love, like, can't exist in the way that they want it to. like, it starts off very slow in this book where Mm -hmm. you start seeing the seeds of, like, that's not okay. And then, like, the ending... You're like, ooh. Well, there's layers so. to it because <laughs> let's talk about who Achilles is if you want to. What is he? He's a demigod. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Period. He's a demigod. He's went to Camp Half-Blood mm-hmm. and he's the son of Thetis. And he is... Thetis? We're going we're gonna to say that's Thetis. how you pronounce it. Um, which, I, which that in itself creates its own conflict because he is half-human. Um, so he will never be the impenetrable god that his mother wants him to be. And in like the the tale of Achilles, not in this book, this is not canon to this story, but Achilles was dipped in the river Styx. They, they mentioned it in the very beginning. They like mention it, but it's not like, spoiler alert, he doesn't die by getting shot in the heel, but he'll never be what his mother wants him to be because he'll never be a god. Mm-hmm. Patroclus is an exile. He was not really born out of, like, he never lived up to his father's expectations. He accidentally kills a kid when he's like 10 and gets exiled out of the country. And moves to, like, this little camp for boys to become soldiers where Achilles is the prince. So that's sort of how they meet. And at this point in the book, I'm not going to lie, it's not that interesting. Because it's, like, little kids (laughs) just, like, walking around. (laughs) And you're like, what is this dowdy little boy, Patroclus, what's what's happening here? Because I didn't know who he was. So I'm not thinking they're going to get into a relationship. Like, I really didn't. I swear on my life. I may sound stupid, but I didn't know where this book was going to go. I'm like, who are the gay characters? Achilles? Jillian's giving me a face right now. But don't you love that I didn't know? Because I, I might have made it better, but like, it made, not open Tumblr. No, I, I haven't. Not, I'm telling you, I really. You haven't. Oh, so you haven't been in a history class with a blue haired girl. No. <laughs> in like what a really, you're saying. No, I went to school for fucking business. <laughs> I haven't been reading fiction books all of a college. I never really read that much. And I didn't never heard of this story. And I of think. Patrick Lee's. Yeah, and Madeline Miller is, first of all, so interesting because she's, like, a teacher who, like, majored in mythology. Like, she studied Greek mythology in college. Mm-hmm. And she's I written love, multiple books about mythology. And I love that she was the girl who's like, wait, hold on. Like, why is no one exploring the fact that when Patrocles dies in, spoiler, in the Iliad, Achilles, like, actually loses his shit? Like, obviously, they're in love. But, like, there's no full-on... 
you know, no, because they were story friends. about it. They were really good friends, actually. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, Geraldine's like, I don't know, like, did you even read the book? Like, they're just friends. <laughs> like, what are you talking about? Um, Geraldine sent me something on Twitter the other day that was really funny. <laughs> it's like a statue of them literally, like, mid-coitus. <laughs> yeah, like, in, like, Patrick was bottoming for his life. And literally, incre- like, literally eternalized in marble form. Like, someone took the time, I don't know who the artist was, someone famous, I guess, I don't know, created a marble statue of them having sex, and the caption's like... They were just really good friends. Yeah. Achilles and his best friend, Patrickley's, like, having fun. Um, And that's why I think this idea for this book, it's perfect. It's perfect. Let's talk about these gay characters that exist in one of the most famous pieces of literature on Earth, Mm -hmm. and let's make sort of, like, a fanfic about it, but, like, a good real one. It's not even a fanfic, though. It's not. It's a full, fully realized story. I mean, the tale, the song of Achilles is a play off of the Iliad, because the Iliad means, like, it translates to, like, the song of Odysseus or something like that. So she was like, I got the perfect idea. It's not, listen, this is not a Casey McQuiston novel. No shade, but it's not like a, you know, fanfic girl writing style, like, love story. It's not a rom-com. It's very Greek. Very tragic. Well, it is the Iliad. She doesn't change the plot of the Iliad at all. She just adds the lost story of Patroclus. Yes, <laughs> and I fucking ate it up. Well, I actually have a question. Ask me. Why do you think it's still popular, or why do you think it's had a revival? Because I read it back, way back when, when it basically first, I think it came out in 2015. When it basically no, I first, think it came out in like 2010. 2012 wait i got it or 12 yeah it came out like when we were still in middle school 2012 okay and like it was a sleeper hit back then Mm -hmm. only the the real girl is on on tumblr Mm -hmm. knew about it (laughs) and read it but it's had a resurgence now partly because of tiktok and book talk why is it still popular because if there is a reason for the cliche of like golden boy like relationship like gay love that's like forbidden like this is why it exists. Like, this book, to me, fully exemplifies, like, why this cliche is still allowed to happen. Like, it's two boys who who just simply fall in love. They're not even enemies, really. Um, they're this is the childhood friends, friends trope, which yeah. I think is interesting to talk about because we've said before that we're not the biggest fans of it. But I do mm-hmm. think, in this case, this is how you should do a childhood yes, friends trope, where exactly. you love them, but you start seeing the changes in them, and that scares you. As gay people, <laughs> as gay people, we get to choose our family, um, to quote RuPaul. As gay people, a lot of people have a reckoning where they're like, okay, I'm in love with this person, but I cannot act on it because it would endanger my family or my family's opinions would hurt me. This book is so good because not only does it deal with that universal struggle of like homosexuality or, or queerness, it's like he's also a god who was given a prophecy of being the best warrior in all of Greece. And his mother is a literal goddess who hates his boyfriend. Before they're ever dating, just when they're first friends, when they're like nine, she's like, you cannot hang out with him. I do not like him. And I like Thetis, his mother, as a character because... The origin of why she hates humans is because she was raped by a human against her will. And Achilles is the product of basically human interference with the gods. Which is most of the demigods. Yeah, pretty much all of them. So, but that's why for me, Thetis, again, is a vessel for a lot of 
I'm sure female gods. No, I I think this is interesting too. You bring up misogyny, and it's like I think a lot of times in like gay specific media, there's a tendency to sort of ignore that. Mm-hmm. But it, this book, you're getting two gay main characters, two men. Without the ignorance of like what women are in this world, and th- I think one, it's because a woman wrote this, mm-hmm. and two, it's because the women of ancient of Greek times, including the goddesses, like they just like it's not even misogyny; it's just like they don't have an identity. Well, you think about the Trojan War starts because of Helen of Troy. Yeah, we guys get to Helen. Get <laughs> we into could Helen. because we could, <laughs> but <laughs> even before that, it starts with Paris, who is. Aphrodite's favorite but like even that it goes all it basically the Trojan War starts because of Aphrodite and because of her love for Paris and she's like Paris you gotta you gotta go get the best you gotta go get Helen well actually it starts off because (laughs) (laughs) listen to say I got to disclose I did not read the Iliad so I don't know but from this book you get the idea that Paris wanted Helen. He took Helen, mm-hmm. and, and Helen Helen was, loved it too, baby. Yeah, <laughs> she was obvi- she got quote unquote kidnapped. Yeah, she snuck but her way out of. But it's also because like you get like points where you're like, oh wait, maybe it's not so bad for a woman because her dad, Helen's dad, lets her choose who she wants to marry. At some right, point. and that's how the book starts um, with this really confusing <laughs> beginning of why are we even here? Because I didn't read the Iliad, and it, it starts <laughs> off with maybe you could explain Helen choosing who her husband is. Yeah. Is going to be because she's given away um like how all of these women are basically sold into like marriages but she gets to choose who her husband is and everyone else at the party who wanted to be her husband makes a blood oath to protect her if she's ever stolen because mm-hmm. odysseus like predicted the trojan war and now He's we're just king. now now i the one who hates history is just giving a history lesson to the gbf listeners but basically she's the face that sailed a thousand ships because she becomes a scapegoat for the war uh, what's his name agamemnon 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 or whatever is like just wants to basically take over Troy and since Helen's there he's like oh yeah well we'll do it to save Helen but like Loki I just want to kill everyone there's literally a a sentence where he's like he hasn't talked about Helen in weeks he's just doing this for himself he's like yeah Menelaus Menelaus he's like we're gonna get your girl back but like Loki I just kind of want to like control this entire continent or whatever so we're gonna sail around Lesbos they mentioned the island of Lesbos gets a shout out I thought that character Briseis Mm -hmm. was gonna like have something to do with that, but no, she just <laughs> mentions it. I was like, if she's a lesbian, that's perfect. And okay, I didn't expect us to get into what this book does for like the perspective of women during Greek times, but I love her. I I love <laughs> I love that um that character, how they yeah. include um a female character in the story that kind of drives home this idea that women had no autonomy and the ways that they had to gain it or find it. Uh, that struggle was really interesting. I don't know. They didn't have to include that, but they did. So we love women, actually. Yeah, we actually do. I realized that. Before Maybe this, they hated do them. deserve right. <laughs> <laughs> but if we're going to talk about women, there's a character, Briseis, who, woman, who is getting sold. She's captured in the war, and they're going to sell her off to be someone's, like, bed, oh, bed slave. I don't like that word. That's what they use, like, a thousand times in this book. And Patroclus is like... <laughs> we need her. She's no, like, slay. we need her. She's, she's a slay. She's a slay. <laughs> And Achilles is like, yeah, I'll take her as my war prize. Because at this point, he is, like, full-on warrior. Mm-hmm. And she's freaking out because she's horrified. She's been kidnapped. And Patroclus <laughs> is like, no, babe, like, you're good. Like, don't worry. And he goes to, like, uncuff her or something. And she, like, flinches. And she's crying. And he's like, fuck it. And he just kisses Achilles to, like, show that he's, like, a fag. And the way it's, like, described in the book, she she's just... like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, her jaw just sits open. She's like, and, and she's... I, oop. Yeah. <laughs> 
And in that moment, she's just like, oh, okay, cool. So they're gay. Yeah. No worries. Um, let's get into honor. The biggest theme of the book. Okay, Zuko. Yeah. I did not expect to talk about uh, The Last Airbender. <laughs> but I I don't like cliches like this. I don't like to read books about shit that I've had to learn about in school. Or I feel like it's a theme that's been pushed before. Like, oh, the honor of the demigods. Or you have to live up to your prophecy. Like, this is not Harry Potter. Like, I'm over this shit. Well, I, I think it's because you're looking at it through that lens. Yeah. But in this book, it's very much, this is a man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And this is the ma- the male ego mm-hmm. at play here. Yeah. So let's talk about his transformation. That's what I wanted to get into. It's the loss of innocence, but not even, right? It, is it a loss of innocence if you always knew you had to lose it? Like Exactly. Like, he was told from the time he was a child. That he was made to kill people. There's a moment for, for, for me that my pain in this book really started when the character of Achilles starts to change mm-hmm. and basically realizes oh that God. he needs to come into his form. Are we going to say the same scene? No. Okay. Uh, well, because... <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> because I know you're probably thinking of a really good scene, but this is just a Thetis quote. Oh. That opened my eyes. Okay. Um, she's a queen for that. Oh, yeah. No, she's low-key one of my favorite characters. No, yeah. I love her. She has every reason it's not like Patrocles, like a thousand percent, because, again, she's not here to trust men, period. Especially human men, Especially with her son, who is destined to be the best of all time. And so what she says to Patrocles is, he is a weapon, a killer. Do not forget it. You can use a spear as a walking stick, but that will not change its nature. Oh, wait. I don't think Thetis even says that. I think it's Chiron. <laughs> anyway, Patroclus basically just says, the words drove breath no, from is. me. No, they're, Le- they're, they're at. It's Chiron, yeah. right? Yeah, and so this, the reason I screenshotted also, this. Chiron, did you take? <laughs> okay, Chiron. Um, Greek like, is not Italian. Like Cher, right? <laughs> <laughs> Pronounced like Cher. Spelling, spelling. Um, that to me is when I got the darkest pit in my stomach. I'm like, oh fuck, like this little boy. Because at the time, I think maybe they're 14 though. They're kids. Mm-hmm. I'm like, they have the most simple love story where their lives are every day them just running through the river, eating figs you know, wrestling with each other and growing up. And one day, this man, this young boy, will never get to be a man. He won't even get to be a teenager because he's literally a human weapon. His existence is a vessel. And his death is looming over them at every second. At every second, even before they know about the death prophecy. Because this is what reminds me of what I love about Red, White, and Royal Blue. Oh, my God. Because we had to connect it. (laughs) The New Age Iliad, Red, White, and Royal Blue. (laughs) Quite literally. (laughs) I mean, you have a character who's like, babe, I can't be gay because I, that character specifically doesn't have to be the King of England, but he's like, I am in the royal family. Like, I have exp- I have to go to war. I have to fight in the army for Britain. Like, I have shit to do because I'm a royal prince. Like, there is no reality in which I can act on being in love with you. And I realized in this moment, Achilles turning, I knew what was going to come. And I knew that his character that was so sweet and had never witnessed murder, had never take, uh, drawn blood, he has to slaughter. He's been created by the fates to basically slaughter thousands of, maybe a million people. I don't know how many people he killed. He mm-hmm. killed lots. And this is an interesting foil to Patrocles who accidentally kills someone and mm-hmm. it haunts him. So you can imagine Patrocles watching Achilles fall into bloodlust. Mm-hmm. And how difficult that is for him. Now, this is the and this is the scene that I want to talk about because I think it's so powerful and it's sort of um, just like put in there. Mm-hmm. But basically, there he's about to go to war and Achilles 
asks Patrick he goes, like, what did it feel like when you killed that boy? Mm-hmm. And I was like, dang, he wants to know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think that's a really powerful scene to me because it also signals Patrick Lee's that, like, all of a sudden the tides are changing and he's going off to his destiny, which mm-hmm. is a destiny that they've been scared. Well, at least Patrick Lee's has openly been scared and terrified of. Whereas Achilles is an interesting character because he's not so much fearful. You see him sort of ri- like revel in that glory that he receives. Um, and it's scary. It's mm-hmm. actually really scary. Like his first battle, coming back from his first battle and Patrocles was like ready to be there for him, mm-hmm. to like comfort him. But then Achilles just like, I slayed! Yeah. <laughs> Literally on the field. <laughs> yeah. He's like, oh, like you should have seen me. Like I killed 10 people in one second and no one could stop me. Like I may be covered in blood, but like literally none of it's my own because it's like a magnetic field. Like people can't touch me. Like they mm-hmm. literally can't. I'm a war machine. And it's like scary, or at least I'll just say it's devastating because this book is about someone who favors like their honor over everything else. Mm-hmm. Um, because when you grow up and your identity is just your honor, you don't have a personality. You're not allowed, oh, you're in love with this boy. Like who cares? Like you're a killing machine. Um, seeing it manifest in him over time and sort of like his descent into bloodlust is what ruins not like their relationship, but basically shows you that like, it's, this isn't just, like, a cliche gay, like, romance. Like, it's not even just about the fact that he can't be openly gay and in love with Patroclus. It's, like, he literally is stuck between being a god and a human. And, like, you get this... Patroclus has the backseat to all of this. Um, I and, often felt, like, the gay part wasn't really a problem throughout the book. It wasn't. I was gonna say that when Achilles goes to war, there's this very specific prophecy that says, you're gonna die in Troy. And the reason he goes to Troy is because the prophecy also says, it's a very specific prophecy. If he doesn't go to Troy, he's going to lose his godlike abilities. His power will drain from him. He will not be Achilles anymore. Mm-hmm. He will, not even will you not be famous. Like, it's not even about clout anymore. Like, you're not going to be yourself. So will Patrocles even love you? Will you, you won't even be the same person. So you got to go to this war. Oh, but also when you get there, you're going to die. You're not coming back from the war. You will die there. But also, you're not going to die until after this very specific person dies named Hector. So when they get to Troy, the two of them together, they're like, okay, well, if Hector's alive, you can go out fighting every single day. Because mm-hmm. for you, this is like a game. Like, you're not gonna die because you it's literally and impossible. The conundrum is he's the only one who could kill Hector. So as long as he doesn't mm-hmm. kill Hector, they can survive. And we're convinced, just with Patrocles, of this fallacy, this idea that they can live perfectly in this makeshift war community where... Patrocles is like the wife at home hanging with the girls and his husband goes out to work every day and kills a bunch of people and then just comes home and like he's like how's your day sweetie and Achilles like they completely normalize this because they know that there's no danger no the Trojan War goes on for 10 years literally 10 years and so we actually see these characters age from like 12 9 9 oh he's 9 at the beginning to 29 yeah yeah 20 years of their life and they say that they've known each other 18 years. For 18 years. So we basically see their entire life. Achilles' character never wanted to fight in the war, mm-hmm. ever. He did it, I think. This is my theory. One, because he had to. It was part of the fate. But what actually drove him to that battlefield with that sword, I think, was Patrocles. Because I think at the end of the day, there's moments where they're on the ship, 
And Patroclus is like, I can't go to war. I'm not a fighter. I can't do this. And Achilles is like, don't worry. Like, I will be there. Like, I feel like it's always, like, to protect him. Mm -hmm. Because he knows that Patroclus can't live without him. And he can't live without Patroclus. So in order for them to actually be together, because they're, like, each other's... There's a quote in this book where they say that they're each other's half... They share a soul. They literally say that they're soulmates and they share a soul. So if you have to come to war with me, I'm not going to fight it for Agamemnon. I'm not going to fight it for the fates. Fuck all of them. I'm not killing Hector. I'm not dying. I'm doing this for you. On that battlefield, when we're there together, when you're forced to be there with me, no one will touch you. Somehow, magically, no one even gets to Patroclus because Achilles is such a good fighter. He can shoot spears and his sword at like eight people at once so that no one can even touch him or Patroclus. And at some point, Patroclus is just like, hangs out at home. Like, yeah, he doesn't like, even go to the... Yeah, they're like, they don't even need me anymore because Achilles is... They don't even need the full army anymore because Achilles... But also because the war it has become not a war anymore. It's just yeah. vanity and pride exactly. and honor that the war itself is fighting. So you get this larger theme of the war being mm -hmm. this show of men being like, I got a bigger dick. Like, I'm still in Troy and I'm not leaving because I don't want to. And I could leave because people are dying and we don't even give a fuck about Helen. Mm -hmm. But as long as Achilles is still here, they know they're going to win. They're and like, you see that same thing happen on a smaller scale in Achilles where like, yes, the war mirrors himself as mm -hmm. well. And I think this is where we can sort of like get to the final, what the theme of honor really means. It leads to a betrayal and it leads to Achilles ultimately is like, well, I love you and I can't, I literally can't exist without Patroclus, but also like in order for me to exist, I have to be, um, I have to be the best. I have to be the leader of this war. And when he feels disrespected, things go wrong for them. Yeah. I think the most slaying part about their relationship though, is that their love is so strong mm -hmm. that the betrayal that Patroclus enacts against <laughs> Achilles <laughs> is like automatically forgiven. <laughs> yeah. But <laughs> I think that's really powerful and sort of crazy and insane. But it's actually, I think, sort of speaks to the fact that like this book is about the Iliad. It mm -hmm. is about war. It is about honor, but it's really about love. Yeah, that's what I'm <laughs> trying to say. And I haven't read a book in such a long time where it felt like two people were so in love to the point where they really just existed as one. Mm -hmm. And what's so good about that is that one of them is a son who was a golden child who was meant to save, not save Greece, but like lead mm -hmm. Greece into war. And the other one was told from the time that he was a baby, like, you are not what a son should be. You are mm -hmm. not a good son. And was compared to Achilles. Mm -hmm. When they were like five, they went to like a race and he saw Achilles Which like win a race. Which is very red, white, and rope. Very red, white, and I'm telling you, it all circles back. And that's why I think if this cliche exists, it should exist in this. Like this book is the perfect example of like, okay, let them be the golden boy trope. Because ultimately, it proves that golden boys are troubled damaged. and they have trauma and they're damaged no you want to talk about like familial damage like his he's a mama's boy mm -hmm. <laughs> he i don't know his dad's actually a pretty cool guy he like houses <laughs> a lot of boys and he lets them you know teaches them and he gives home to whatever i guess exiled kids and he's kind of chill and he's like okay with him being gay yeah like he like he anyway we were talking about the betrayal yeah the betrayal, betrayal. So, but i think i think it's always good to touch on the light parts of the book because i mean no there are actually surprisingly i think people when you talk about song of achilles everyone's like you're gonna be crying the whole time which is like i guess you true. could yeah but there are also some slaying parts <laughs> <laughs> like when achilles is in, in drag for like a year or something 
Um, it's kind of like euphoria. Yeah. Because <laughs> he gets a girl, girly pregnant because he, his mother forced him to. Yeah. Um, While he's pretending to live as a woman. Yeah. And she goes crazy. They send her away. <laughs> yeah. with the ba- Pregnant with the baby. Um, at this point, the listeners, if you haven't read the book, you're probably so confused. But yeah, there are some camp elements to this book. Achilles is in drag. Then he becomes a soldier. And then also, like, they have sex, like, I guess, like, here and there, but they can never have it in peace. Do you ever notice that? Every time that they hook up, it's always followed with like a, well, there's a new issue. That always bothered me a little bit. I'm like, why can't gay guys just like, fuck and then... Well, they were also there for 10 years, so I'm sure we got they got to yeah, they... <laughs> do something. I love how they're just socially accepted as like the two guys that just share a tent. Yeah. And like, they're the only people on the entire camp that like don't bring women into their tent. And They actually don't... adopt women. They, they actually do. build a tent. Yeah. <laughs> all of the women that come back from war, like the war, the women who are the war prisoners, like mm-hmm. all the men fight over like, oh, I want her for my as my treasure. But all the ones Achilles that Achilles is like the, the best number one. fighter, he gets to choose from. First, so as many girls as they can get into their net, they like build a camp of women in this big tent where they all live together and they just like slay and they vibe. <laughs> and it's like so slaying. But the worst, the sad, the thing about it, that's one of the, that's when you're happy, yeah. right? That's right before all the sadness really starts to hit because one of the women named Brisis, who's like the leader of the, you know, she was the first woman that they saved, mm-hmm. becomes like basically sisters yeah. to Patroclus. At one point, she's like, do you want me to have your baby? He's like, I don't know about that. And um, it drives a wedge in a way because, you know, like why would he be having babies when he's in love with Achilles? You know, you shouldn't have sex with someone else. But um, ultimately... Um, they know that Brisis is like their prized possession. Because again, she's not seen as their friend, she's seen as their possession. And mm-hmm. when Achilles' honor is threatened because the leader of the war is like, um, listen, like all of you are dying because the gods have cursed our camp because mm-hmm. of my actions. But, you know, I'm not going to address it. I'm just going to let all of you guys die. Achilles is like, no, man. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, you should probably apologize to Apollo, the literal god, because this is your fault. Like, we're never going to win the war because of you. He's like, yeah, fuck you, Achilles. Like, to put you in your place, I'm going to take your girl. I'm going, until you apologize to me, and until you say, until you bow to me, I'm going to take your treasure, including this literal woman, this literal human being. Mm-hmm. So Patroclus is like, okay, well, no big deal. No one's getting her hands on her because Achilles is the best fighter. They can't yeah. take my bestie, who yeah. I just lived with for 10 years. And this is the gag of the book. Achilles is like, there's nothing I can do. I can't do anything. Well, I... and we find out it's because he's using her as a pawn. Because mm-hmm. if if the king, Agamemnon, rapes her, basically, then that... Uh, is a challenge to his honor so then he could use that as a way to kill Agamemnon. He wants an excuse to kill Agamemnon. And Rhesus, where every time we say his yeah. name, we'll just say it, it differently. Agamanda, Agatha Christie. He wants a reason to kill him, but he can't do it just because he's angry. Yeah. So he basically wants to gamble like the health and wellness of Rhesus and offer her to like basically get raped and probably impregnated and abused so that basically the people in the camp will be like, ew, like that's fucked up that you took the What's his name? That he has a special Greek name that's like given to him. It's like the Ascendant Nakinon. You know what I'm talking yeah, about? He's the chosen one. Yeah. It's basically Greek for like the chosen one. If you stole the chosen one's girl, then we have reason to rebel against you. Yeah. And if the chosen one wants to kill you, he can kill you. But Patroclus is like, fuck this. Like, oh, why are my- we using women like this? Yes, period. <laughs> my bestie at that. Yeah, literally his best <laughs> fucking friend. And he shows up and like slits his wrist to show that he's like telling the truth. He's like, I bleed for you to let you know Achilles 
did this on purpose. Yeah. Like, this is all a ploy. And if you treat Breezes poorly, then he will come and he will kill your ass. And yeah, I know he's my my boyfriend, my husband, my eternal lover, soulmate, but I can't let my girl go down like this. And honestly, that's like us. You would do that for me? Yeah. So you're saying... Like, that's a bestie. Like, we are GB Gooden. Like, wait, 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 wait. wait. So you're Bestie's saying... the four men. Yes. You're Bestie's saying when you told Mrs. Dunowski in 10th grade English honors that you would take a bullet for me, you meant it? Yes. Oh, what? my God. Are you not understanding the bestie code? Like, they did not just write the laws of love, honor, betrayal. They wrote the bestie code. Like, literally, this, that's why this book is so good because it's like there's only one one person that could ever come between Achilles and Patroclus and it's not a man it's not a woman that they're either of them are like sexually attracted to it's just Achilles own hubris and his honor and being like yeah I know you love this girl who's like our friend who's like our sister but like my honor is more important because at the end of the day if I don't have my honor I'm not Achilles if I don't have my honor I shouldn't be alive I am not me without it and it drives him to let this woman get basically kidnapped thank god she's fine because like obviously like now the Agamemnon's like, okay, well, I'm not going to hurt her because now I know Achilles' whole plan. But it does lead to all this other shit because without Achilles, they're, like, down, like, really bad. Oh, yeah, because Achilles is like, well, actually, I'm just not going to fight anymore and see what they do. So the yeah. war goes on for, like, a year and people are dying. <laughs> like, really bad. And Achilles is just, like, in bliss right now. Patrickles mm -hmm. is, like, with him, but, like... Like, you know when you <laughs> fight with your mom and, like, you need her to, like... Like, you need her to, like, drive you somewhere, so, like, you want to apologize, <laughs> yeah. like, you can't apologize, but, like, oh, you can't hang out with your friend because you don't have a ride because your mom's mad at you because you don't want to say you're sorry first. Yeah. He's like, yeah, well, I know you guys want me to fight in the war, and I know you need me. Mm -hmm. You, I'm the mom. I'm gonna wait for you to come to me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the, Achilles is the mom waiting in the living room, like, I need you to come and apologize to me so I can drive you to your friend's house, because otherwise you have no way of getting there. And he's like, they need me. Like, I am the chosen warrior, so without a doubt, they're gonna apologize and to me. And they do. But then he's like, no, not good enough. Wait, what do you mean they do? They offer, they give him. Oh, but what he wants is, what does he want him to bow to him? I guess. He needs like a physical, yeah. he needs Agamemnon to say to him, like, basically, like, I'm sorry, I bowed to the Achilles. Mm -hmm. Basically, that's what he wants. But instead they offer him money. Instead they offer him, they, but, oh, did they even offer him Rhesus? They did. Yeah. And it's not good enough for him because he needs to be told, Achilles, you're the best. Um... And this is the part that's um, illustrated in the Iliad. Not illustrated, but this part of, like, Achilles and his hubris. This mm -hmm. is what we know from the Iliad. Yeah. He is the reason why the Trojan War started to go downward for the Greeks. Mm -hmm. Because he chose not to fight because of his pride. But what this book is so... Why this book is so cool is because it's not just the secret romance of the gay characters. It gives you massive insight. The best insight into why he did what he did. Why he chose to be such a fucking little bitch. And you kind of, like, you kind of got it. Mm -hmm. You kind of got it. You kind of get it. But then when Patrickles puts on his armor to do the work that his boyfriend won't do, you're like, you suck, man. <laughs> you're the worst human in existence. <sighs> the ending sucks, but it's great, but it's horrible. Um, because... It does something really cool narratively, I think, the devices they end up using. But basically, Patrickles puts on Achilles' armor before he does that, though, can I say one thing? What Cleopatra. Oh. So, Cleopatra married someone named, like, Maligar. And basically, Cleopatra has this whole story that's completely parallel to this, where her husband could have stopped a war, but he mm -hmm. won't. And the only person that could get him to act 
and, and intervene and stop a war was Cleopatra getting to her knees and begging Maligar or something to help. And they basically tell Patroclus, like, yo, first of all, Patrocles, Cleopatra, y'all have the same name. Mm-hmm. You are the same person. Narratively, like, you are her. You mm-hmm. are the queen. And you need to get on your knees and beg your man to help. And this part is when the tear... For me, this was the, when the teardrops started. This is when they started. Was him on his knees crying to his love, to the love of his life. I'm begging you. If you won't do it for Agamemnon, if you won't do it for Brisis, if you won't do it for all these men that are dying... Do it for me. Please do it for me. And this is and even Achilles- more... Heartbreaking mm. because mm. So Patrocles knows that if he goes into war, he most likely will be dying. Who? Achilles? Yeah. Because he thinks he's going to kill Hector. Yeah. Yeah. Because Hector's like on the camp. So he's basically like, you need to do this. Because Patrocles always cared about other people. Mm-hmm. Because Even though they didn't care about him. Ever. So sad. And what's his solution when Achilles says no? He said, okay, then I'll go out there. And I'll go out there looking like you so they believe that I'm you and I'll make them go away. But the very interesting thing that happens when he shows up is he starts to take on... The bloodlust. The bloodlust, the ethos, the the glory of Achilles. Achilles. And it's in this moment where we all as humans are like, wait, like maybe we all would fall to this too. Like Mm -hmm. maybe we don't blame Achilles for falling to his power because it took Patrocles two minutes, Mm -hmm. two minutes in the chariot, two minutes in Achilles' armor. He threw one spear. He killed one person. He was like, wait, I need to storm Troy. Like he literally... He's like, I will take Helen of Troy myself. Yeah, he was fighting in the war for one minute. (laughs) It took him, literally, he shows up dressed as Achilles Everyone starts to run away. He kills, like, one person. He's like, whoa, I'm going to end the war today. Like, who the fuck do you think you are? And it's what makes you so endeared to Patroclus in a way because you spend the whole book cooking up in his brain with him. He's not a fighter. He His biggest regret in life is accidentally killing a boy. Everyone tells him his whole life he's not a soldier. And he's the, lo- he's the husband to the best soldier in the world. And he's, for the first time in his life, he's experiencing what it is to be it. He finally mm-hmm. lives in Achilles' shoes. This whole He almost worships Achilles. Yeah. And now he is Achilles. And he becomes so overcome with this bloodlust, this passion for, for war, that it's what eventually, it's what takes him out. Mm-hmm. He gets killed mm-hmm. by Hector. Yeah. So he's dead. And we get the rest of the story from his perspective, though, still. Yeah, you're like, whoa. Yeah, I was confused for a second. And then I was like, okay, so he's dead and his spirit chopped on the land because he's not buried yet. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is where the tears really, they just tripled. Because if you read the Iliad, which again, we didn't, or yeah, we didn't. Um, it's depicted that Achilles like basically breaks down, unfathomably hits a breakdown of waterfall of tears and like wraps up. Patroclus's body and like keeps it with him like mm-hmm. literally sleeps next to yeah. it for days yeah. like won't let it go and everyone's like what the fuck is wrong with him like he needs to burn that body he needs to bury the body something needs to happen mm-hmm. and instead he just wraps up the dead body and like holds onto it like, like won- he sleeps at- with it at for night. like four days yeah yeah and doesn't move the only thing he leaves the and you're to do- get in this book you're getting the perspective of Patroclus' spirit and yes. he's like <laughs> it's just like crazy crazy because his <laughs> he's watching the love of his life hold and his cradle his dead body, body that basically Achilles, this is why we all get mad at Achilles though is because it's like how did you not know that Patrocles was going to die he let Patrocles go out there and mm-hmm. Brisus tells him he's dead because of you you killed him mm-hmm. and he can't reckon with that so he's like you know what I have to die. Where the fuck is Hector? And he basically is like bitch I can't die until you die yeah. so, so he, he kills Hector 
drags him around the camp for days <laughs> yeah. until Hector's dad has to go to him and yeah. beg him for his body back so they could bury him. Achilles is just begging to be killed. Basically, he's like, can someone just take me out, please? I mean, the arrow that pierces his heart, he's like, he heard it coming. Yeah. He and hears he the whistle. Smiles. Yeah, he's he hear, he's like, finally, I can die. Mm -hmm. um, the book ends, Achilles gets buried in his ashes in a big tomb. And in order for your uh, soul to go into the underworld, you need, I guess your name has to yeah. be written in stone. Like, not does your, your body has, like, mm -hmm. your body has to be burned, put into the vase, mm -hmm. and Patrick's ashes is mixed into are mixed with Achilles' ashes, but that's still not good enough. Yeah. You need to have a marked tomb on this earth, and then you can go to the underworld. So the big issue of the last 20 pages of the book is that no one gives a fuck about Patroclus. And they're like, we're not writing his fucking name with Achilles. We're not putting him... He may be in the tomb with him together. We buried them together because that's what Achilles wanted. Yeah. But he is not getting the honor. Well, he is not sharing the honor with Achilles. I wouldn't say that's everyone's opinion, though. Not everyone. Not everyone. But I'm saying, like, Thetis and also fucking... We didn't even talk about the sun. Yeah, Pira. basically the, the sun that he oh, had Achilles. with this Euphoria girl yeah. <laughs> shows up and he's like, I'm the son of Achilles. And he, the son who's was, 12. yeah, who's 12 was raised by Thetis. So she, he's like very weird. Um, yeah. <laughs> and he like hates whatever's happening. And he, he very much takes on all of the glory that Achilles was supposed to have. Yeah. And he's like, uh, I don't care if my dad wanted this servant boy to be married with him, but he's not getting any recognition whatsoever. So that's the reason why his Patrocles' name is never inscribed. So Patrocles' soul is stuck in Troy. Yeah. And he cannot go to the underworld, and Achilles is has already gone. Has already gone, and they can't. So get they to can't each other. even just like be together as spirits anymore. Yeah, and you're led to believe that the book is going to end in a tragic way, like most things do, especially gay <laughs> books, and that all the Greeks are going to sail away from Troy. The war is over, and and Patroclus' disembodied spirit is just going to haunt Achilles' tomb mm -hmm. and be there all by himself, stuck. But this is why Thetis is my favorite character. The very last pages of this book basically depict the mom coming down. She's like, I still don't like you. Yeah. I don't fuck with you. You she's were like, I don't like you, but tell me everything. Yeah, she's like, but since you actually loved my son yeah. for who he was and not just as a symbol of honor and a war machine, can you actually like, tell me what my son was like? And can you actually like tell me like why you loved him? Because like she never, ever actually, because she, one, because she's a god, and two, because of everything we've been saying, Achilles' whole life was built to be just a killer she never actually got to just like know her son mm -hmm. so patroclus basically retells her everything that he knows about um, every single detail every detail and theodis is like fuck it all right and then she puts his name on there yeah. and then he leaves and that's when the book ends because his spirit's no longer trapped the last page of the book it ends and <laughs> which i read maybe uh an hour ago. <laughs> <laughs> in the darkness, two shadows reaching through the hopeless, heavy dusk. Their hands meet and light spills in a flood like a hundred golden urns pouring out the sun. Book ends. Saddest part. One of. And basically, what I take from this book is, one, don't be a douche and, you know, don't put yourself before the person that you love because you may lose them. And two, besties come first. Besties come first. Mm-hmm. Ugh, and now I'm sad. Final thoughts? Um, no, I really liked this book when I first read it, and I just reread it literally hours ago. 
and it's still just as good. I'm. This is. I will be giving this to my kids. The the library ebook copy yeah. that's on your phone. You will somehow pass it down to the your children. The PDF file that I read on my iPhone, like whatever, thirteen in the dark for eight hours on Saturday during a snowstorm. Yes. I'll be emailing it to them. We'll see you guys soon. Uh, let us know um, if you like our book reviews. Leave us, please, please rate our podcast. We don't tell people to rate it. Wait, you know what? Give us the honor. <laughs> <laughs> we need it. And the glory. We have like one review. Deserve. So if you listen to this, I don't. you don't have to write anything. Just put five stars. Or write something. Even if it's bad. It could be funny. Okay? okay. Thank you guys. Bye. Bye.